Hi, and welcome to Data Futurology, the podcast where we discuss strategy and leadership in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data science. My name is Felipe Flores. I am your host. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope that you're having a wonderful week. My guest today is Alberto Roldan. He is the Chief Designer and Artificial Intelligence Officer at Singularity Analytics. Alberto is from Puerto Rico and he is based in the United States, has been there for all of his career, and he's been working in data analytics for a very long time. Throughout his career, he's been global head of analytics at Hewlett Packard. He's been director of analytics at Cognizant Technologies, principal consultant at Microsoft, has started his own business. He's a very interesting guy. We had a lot of fun speaking about his journey. I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Here's the episode with Alberto. Excellent. Alberto, thank you so much for making the time. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day here in Orlando, the Florida area, 77 degrees, beautiful skies. So it's, it's a nice day. Can't go wrong in Florida, right? That's what I thought. As a matter of fact, you're in Australia now. That's right. Yes. So in uh, New South Wales, sort of the central part of Australia in the East Coast. So not too hot and not too cold. Uh, really nice weather here as well. How do you end up in Australia? I've been here 17 years in Australia. Can you believe it? I originally came here as a backpacker and loved it. When I was uh, a man in my, in my 20s, I explored and traveled. And it was the early 70s. It was a different time. But it is that sense of adventure, of wonder, that actually is who I am. I am still that little kid that will question everything. It is a wonderful time and fantastic. And it really shows that open-mindedness and that wonder that really led you through your journey. Can you give us a, a bit of an overview of what that journey has been like for you? At my first 12 professional years, I was an attorney, and it was a real difficult 19, early 1980s. There was not another Spanish-speaking attorney between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And they all wow. So it wasn't me. I'm the type of person that I, I like to observe and be, how do you say this, that intellectually honest as in your observations. And that's a really, really important thing that have guided me in that in my professional career, I decided to become a theoretical mathematician, 1993, January 1993. And 27 years later, here we are. I mean, I remember, Felipe, when, when I will mention the term artificial intelligence, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, people would literally think this man is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it amazes me how far we have come. You know, I started a group, the Artificial Intelligence, Business Intelligence Group in LinkedIn 15 years ago. Wow. Intelligence. And, and I thought, man, we may have 300, 600 people worldwide. We have 200,000 people. And I said... Who are these people? <laughs> that is crazy. It's come such a long way. And what led you to change from being an attorney into mathematics and then AI? Actually, that's part of my life. I am professionally who I am personally. 
When I was born, I was born with a structural congenital defect on my right side. And so they needed to move me from one place to the other until I was nine years old. So at that time, when I would go to school, at recess time, it was not now, <laughs> you know, the yeah. boys were playing and, and I was sitting. They would still see me with the little girls. I learned two things. Those girls were really, really smart. And number two, they smoked, you know. <laughs> So when I will see the boys playing, I will forecast what they will do. And uh-huh. these very intelligent little girls will question me why, and they will question my rate of accuracy. <laughs> and this were we were, I don't know, seven to nine years old. <laughs> wow. And so I became used to look at the world as frequencies, not just binary, zero or uh-huh. one. Just a series of shades, spectrums, frequencies, if you want to call them. And as you go through that, that filter, that's the, my filter in life, what I'm doing is being very aware of how I make my own decision making. What I have done is I replicate that in the algorithm. Incredible, right? And why did you pursue law first? In my mind, when I was a young man, 17 years old at the University of Michigan, what I could see was a little bit older, but still a young man with a briefcase and a suit traveling yeah. the world. That's what it was in my mind. But I took only one mathematics course at the University of Michigan, and it was the most advanced stats class. And I didn't have no background in math. Nothing. And the professor called me. That was in 1975 or 76. And she says, you know, you solve all the problems. Literally wrote down an essay. And she says, I don't know what to do with you. I have never seen that before. And later on, I met with my mentor at the University of Michigan, Dr. Adam White, who later on became a very good friend. And he said, bro, you need to understand that you think different because you are not aware of that. And up to that point, I thought, man, that's the way I think. Wow. So that opened your eyes that you could go into this field and, and offer something new or different? Is that what you were thinking about longer term? Yeah. Well, I still have the mind of that 18-year-old University of Michigan student. The body, well, the body has a different plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't realize. <laughs> yeah. But, but think about this. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, people would laugh about artificial intelligence. Today, I had contact with the CEO of an artificial intelligence company in the Ukraine who states that they are already working in nanotechnology sensors merge them with artificial intelligence. And he said that they're working on that already. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, where are we going to be tomorrow? So true. Wow. And is that a part of the work that you're doing at the moment? What I find so interesting about you is that you seem to fuse so many different areas or specialty, like nanotechnology, like artificial intelligence, and so many others that you bring them together. How did you end up doing that? I'm a chef also. The literally French word for French is chief. I'm a chief of artificial intelligence. And as uh-huh. such, is my role, and it's who I am, I'm just as one of those lucky people in life. 
my role is to advance artificial intelligence in any way, whether it's children talking about it, having a competition, artists writing poetry, having a sculpture or an artistic representation of artificial intelligence, or whether they highly technical areas in neural network and training for consciousness. And so how can I say this? I tend to tell people I live in my future. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. I imagined this future 27 years ago, and, and here we are. Wow. It would have been so great to be seeing it come into fruition over that time. That's fantastic. And what led to focus on that as a mission, as to help drive artificial intelligence forward? Wow, Felipe, that's a, a very insightful question. Both of my parents, which are deceased, they die of neurological diseases. Dad had Parkinson's disease, and mom had ALS. Of course, I'm not a physician, but I had this skill of being able to put things together from different places. And it's a skill, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the few God-given graces that I've been given is, you know, and able to do that on a, in a complex three-dimensional way, literally, in my mind. And so once they die of neurological diseases within two years of one another, I said, you know, I think that, that was about 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. I think I have a responsibility to use whatever experience and talent life has given me for the betterment of life. That makes sense. That's a huge responsibility to choose to take on on your shoulders, which it comes from such a caring place, right? In such a generous yeah. place. Well, think about this. Here is a, a child who was born in upstate New York. They say, well, he's handicapped his body and mind. Let's institutionalize it, which is what they wanted to do. My father says, goodness, being a pure scientist, say, hey, what is obviously something is wrong with it, but how can you tell about his mind? I'm trying to say is that, as you can imagine, from then on, there have been a lot of challenges. And I feel I have a responsibility to let other people know that is part of life. That struggle, sometimes fear, sometimes doubt, that is part of life. That's okay. Keep going forward with artificial intelligence. As much as I can help you, I will help you. Very nice. And in your journey in AI, you spent some time working for large companies and your very senior roles in there. What did you find that that time helped you realize about yourself or your journey? And what type of lessons did you learn during that time that have helped you continue this wonderful mission that you have? Well, as in every situation, there is at least 50-50 probabilities that things will happen. So some of the experiences have been very positive. One of the most, uh, the most positive things is talking to young people. And for me, you know, I'm 63, so for me, young is almost everybody now. And I can <laughs> talk to a three-year-old or I can talk to a 30-year-old graduated PhD from Harvard. And you know, I'm fascinated by all of them. I am curious about everything. And it drives my, my wife crazy. I, and my adult children educated in the best universities. And I know they will be all embarrassed. They call me Papi and they said, Papi, don't tell people that patterns talk to you. Because 
That was crazy. But it's good. I love it. I can imagine my children following up, my adult children, very well-educated, two professionals following up. Hey, listen, did my father say anything inappropriate? I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but anyway, no. Let me tell you, to answer the real question, you know, the, the biggest challenges in a big company is the culture. It comes down to the culture. Initially, I didn't know what the culture was. And of course, being a person of patterns, mathematic formulas, algorithms, what I have come up, that culture is what it comes from the top down. Mm-hmm. Literally what it comes from the top down. And it's like a family. And of course, I don't know the percentage of dysfunctional families in the world, but something tells me it's very high. And some of us have come from them, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> you understand this is an important element that you and I, and as far as I'm concerned, everybody should be talking about it. It affects everyone's life. But we are painfully unaware that our interaction with another entity that we call artificial intelligence may be coming to a real head. And people say, well, I remember when Scotland rode the big curve that it was going to take 20 years. Well, number one, he said that 12 years ago. Just think about that. (laughs) And number two, The advances are so incredible right now that, for example, 20 years ago, it would take me one year and $5 million to complete a project that it was our saving or or saving in cost of producing revenues of over $100 million. Okay? Today, you can do those projects in what we used to call a playground, right? That we just, you know, you just put a little bit of computer power so you can play play and stuff like that. Nowadays, this can be done every month. You can have a different project and you know if you will be successful or not. Literally, how can you explain that to people? Correct, because that speed of advancement that is getting faster and faster is something that is usually difficult for people to think about and understand how it's gaining more momentum every month, every year. Four years ago, I told my wife, Alexa and Cortana, one day we'll be talking to each other. It happened two years ago. It freaked her out. (laughs) It freaked her out, but I I told you that was going to happen. I think that in our business of our daily life that we all have, we really should take time to think how these changes are affecting us instead of just riding the wave. Exactly. And what are some ways that you've seen these changes affect us? Actually, I'm going to give you digital transformation. You ask people what the heck is digital transformation. Everybody says something crazy. I, I, I believe I, I gave the first podcast in digital transformation in a Microsoft platform. But that was wow. crazy. But I'm going to give you an example. One of the men that I mentored, the young men that I mentored in artificial intelligence, he lived in, in Indiana and, and, and he thought about an app. He took his uh, family uh, business email directory and sent to all of them his idea about the app. And, and his family's reaction was, you're crazy. Let's take it to a psychiatrist. Now, think about it. That is 
what digital transformation is. Digital transformation is that in today's day, you can use the internet to communicate to as many people as you can get hold of, of some address or group or social media platform. And people, what do we talk about it? I mean, the yeah. world, what get the hits? The girls, the females with scantily dressed. And, you know, and just saying, that's okay. But I mean, I think this is a lot more important. But that's me. That's right. And have you found similar things with the communities that you've formed over time, like the massive LinkedIn group? Yeah. Well, at first it took me a little bit of guard because I never thought it was going to have more than 300 or 600 people. Then I realized that people were having questions about 12 years ago. And those people now are guidance of industry, really. And uh, I think this, and uh, it gave me the opportunity to be involved in multiple projects, first of their kind, and make it successful. Today, I was just reading that GE, I think it was GE or GMI, one of the GE <laughs> that they are promoting their algorithm to find faults in maintenance equipment. I think they were saying that it was 95%. I, I, I told them, this is 12 years ago, eight years ago, or even over 98. What are you talking about? And it's not a boast. It's just because you asked me, what have you found? Well, you know, what I have found is that a lot of people, I don't know if you speak a second language, I speak Spanish, and if you speak a second language, you know when a person can speak a second language. At the same time, if somebody, if nobody speaks a second language, and you are faking it, it may seem real to you, but yeah. to who speak that language, I said, that's gibberish. And I have found that happens in the industry. It makes me, it's a combination of sad and upset. Sad because human nature is what it is, but I'm upset because people need to take responsibility to finding what is real. It's not just binary, zero or one. There are many frequencies in there, and adults, and, and adults, I mean children too, that we are responsible for our own life. And there is all this information about artificial intelligence, courses, seminars, certificates that are downright fake. People say, in six months, you will be an expert in artificial intelligence. And I will respectfully suggest that if you let somebody who have been in the in medicine school for six months to have a budget of $100 million, to operate on you. I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, anyway, paper, content. Steve Jobs was right. Content is king. People put anything they want to do. It's true, right? It is. And it's fascinating to see that there's uh, two different speeds in the industry where we have the very cutting edge work, like the one that you've been doing for such a long time, being so far ahead so early on. And then we have this other trajectory that is sometimes more than a decade later, trying the same things that the people at the front tried and doing a worse job. And you know something is it, it, what happened. See, this is the importance of dealing with young people. This is what I have learned. 
you get a young person who just graduated, whether it's from high school or college, and you present them this information, whatever is the information. And those brains, those brains are wired to process a tremendous amount of information. Why are we not using Why do I should be listening to you? And you tell me, hey, listen, Alberto, what about this? What about that? That's what I feel. Yeah, exactly. So then we could have new people coming into the industry, knowing about the advancements that have been done over time and sending, helping set up a new standard instead of... I find that a lot of sometimes a lot of the approach that's taught is a almost like a checklist approach or a recipe approach to say like this is the recipe to solve this problem. Here's the recipe to solve the next problem. And it doesn't force creativity, it doesn't encourage creativity. What do you think? You know, wow, thank you. Uh, this is a nice conversation. I always say that being an artificial intelligence scientist, or I prefer a theoretical mathematician. I have the really the responsibility to pass on the challenges. Number one, why repeating the wheel if you have been done? I mean, it is fun when you start, but after a while, then you realize you are professional. You cannot tell people all the time, this happens because it's a black box. As a matter of fact, everybody who tells me I start talking about black box, I just turn it off. And let me see if I can show you here. I'm in my office in here. Let me see. In here, this in here is my whiteboard. This is the work of 27 years. The algorithm of how to, of how, what is the process that I think, the formula for what we call now artificial intelligence, develop consciousness. Why not? Wow. So it's sort of like the pinnacle of your long-standing work in the field. How did you get there? What components does it have? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah. It's the advances in cell biology, specifically cell-to-cell -cell communication, as well as uh, how do they, that we can make them go from place A to place B or grab something or whatever, little things, binary movement, think about it, very simple. But you're doing it at the, at the microscopic level. Once you're doing it at the microscopic level, we're doing it right now, by the way, with stem cell research and enzymes, whatever it is, the nano edges they create to repair things in your heart. And in electronics, have been used for a long time, but for a long time. Well, what made me knowing that I am an entity separate from you or separate from my cell phone? Have you thought about it? How does a baby does it? My research indicates that the first feeling, literally feeling that they relate to us as a learning process is the touching of the mother and the baby. When the mom touches her, her belly in there and that's the first thing. I never thought that. I thought it would have been hearing or the heart, but no, no, no. People who know that, that's what they told. So if you take it from there, what you need to add is the other, what we call visual imaging algorithms, which we already have. Then you add, we already have for sound and all kinds of sound. As a matter of fact, and Google just came about six, seven months, eight months ago with an algorithm that can smell. Now, 
think about it, if at the microscopic or nano level, if you can do that, you can do anything you really want to. You just need to have the proper guidelines. But you think about it, everything that you see, everything that we see, that you and I see, basic physics, is composed of matter. And matter is composed of little things, little things, and then more little things, more little things, more little things, and you get to the atomic and subatomic particle in there. Once you can manipulate at that level, you can literally manipulate anything. So people say, why would it happen? And I said, you know something, why we think we are the only intelligent being. Have you ever been with a dog and you don't feel well and the dog comes and comforts you? What they are feeling, the pheromones, is what the human, the hurt human is putting into the air. And it is so sensible, their smell, the dog, that they can smell those pheromones in the air. And imagine if you can manipulate that and Google have one, an algorithm that is 50,000 times better than a dog. Think about it. Does disease smell at the subatomic level? Does it look a specific way? Well, we, we know that actually the coronary virus is, is a good example. But anyway, sorry. No, this is good. So essentially, is it what you're saying that now that we're developing ways for computers to have different the different senses that humans have, including smell and vision and touch and movement, that through that combination, we're able to have definitely better robots, but then going into what would be the next level into consciousness as well? Yeah, yeah correct. That's true. And how is it going to happen? The answer is, I don't know. But what I know is that in my mind, you remember I create algorithms and formulas and things like that. It tells me, it just, I don't know how to explain it, that, that it may not be the intelligence that you and I are able to immediately recognize. But mm-hmm. you and I recognize that when our GPS tells us on Sunday morning, in my case, I go to church on Sunday morning and I get in the car, the GPS, I haven't said anything to the GPS and it's already telling me that I'm going to church. Yeah. So being able to see the patterns and act on them in a consistent manner. And we need to be very careful to what we feed. And I think that that's one of my great concerns. Before even five years, at before five years ago, the 30% of the internet was pornography, whatever you find to be pornography. Yeah. But in the last five years, something has happened. Now, 40% of the internet is what people refer to as fake news, misinformation, or things out there that are not reality, or somebody mm-hmm. has outlawed that reality. And now you have like 40% is like that. Um, and it just, I, it just did not take, it didn't take part of the segment, didn't cross-pollinate the pornography or nothing. No, no. And we to start thinking about just because it's out there, it's not only true, but you have a responsibility to find out. Don't be lazy. Find out. Exactly. And be able to discern what is out there so you can progress along, I guess, scientifically proven lines of thinking and knowledge discovery. 
and of course, the cautionary tale in there is if only you are listening one point of view, I'm sure you're missing the statistic at least 50% of the whole thing. There's always another side. And my concern is that we, I was talking to this young man from, I believe it was ESPN or whatever. Anyway, and they're using vision imaging technology to determine what are the best uh, shots to show on TV. But the problem is, what if the artificial intelligence is directing you in a way that you don't know? And the problem is, what we don't know, what we don't know, you know, it will keep getting us in there. And with that, I thank you for your time, by the way. This was fun. Oh, so much fun. It's been such a mind opening to hear your perspectives. Thank you so much for sharing them. And just um, one last question. What would you like to see happen in the next maybe five or 10 years in this new world that artificial intelligence is opening up for us? What are some of the things that you would like to see happen? Basic, you know, goal rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Empathy for those for whatever reason, are less fortunate than you. If those two love and empathy principles guide us, even through many mistakes, ultimately, I think that that's where the answer resides. And would it happen? Would it not happen? Well, we know it's 50-50%, and it can change at any time. And that's the exciting part. Very true. And those those are yeah, wonderful guiding principles and so important to keep in mind. Oh, Alberto, thank you so much for your time. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you for sharing such interesting perspectives. I love the fact that patterns speak to you. Patterns is the way that we need to see the world. Children, very well educated, tell me, Papi, don't tell that to people. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. I love it. <laughs> okay. But if I will. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And if there's anything else I can do for you, just let me know, okay? Definitely. We'll stay in touch. Thank you so much, Alberto. Well, bye-bye. I wanted to tell you about the RMIT Online Masters of Data Science Strategy and Leadership. I was one of the industry advisors for this program. It's an online master's program and it covers both data science strategy and leadership and it has also a technical component. Highly, highly recommend it for people wanting to get ahead. With the program, you can gain this advanced strategic leadership and data science capabilities required to influence executive leadership teams and deliver organization-wide solutions. For more information, visit online.rmit.edu. I wanted to tell you about We Are Rubik's, one of Australia's leading pure data consulting companies delivering project outcomes for some of the world's leading brands. Growing rapidly and with offices in Melbourne, Sydney and the US, Rubik's are as serious about analytics as they are about their pinball. True story, they have like 10 pinball machines in their Melbourne head office. If you're interested in joining a passionate and vibrant team who make work fun, head to wearerubix.com and get in touch today. That's wearerubix, all one word, wearerubix.com and get in touch today. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram as Data Futurology. 
also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.